Sarah, how are we doing this week? All is well. You know what? I mean, it's another busy news week. I feel like every week we jump on this podcast, there's no short of this stuff to talk about. No, I mean, um, another, uh, you got Mar-a-Lago, you have more masking of, of young, innocent children. Oh. You have uh, mandates for vaccines when the CDC came out this week and said, quote, it is no longer, oh, hold on. Unvaccinated people now have the same guidance as vaccinated people. Yet DC and many other employers, I mean, school systems and employers are mandating that people get vaxxed. So I guess they only follow the CDC when it fits their narrative, right? I, I how, how can they continue? I just, how are, how are like, are these schools getting sued? Like, I, I mean, so there was know. a, just no, crazy. I don't know about schools. They might, and they probably should. They absolutely should. Uh, but uh, there was a judgment today, I believe, or yesterday, I should say. I I believe it was Illinois for the healthcare system where they yep. fired all the workers. I think I saw they this. Re- they received $10 million settlement. It's a settlement. They're not suing for $10 million. They already had sued. They settled at ten million, and they get their jobs back for the most part. If they're unvaccinated, yes, really in Indiana. I believe it was, was it Illinois or Indiana? I don't okay remember, but one of them. So, listen, the the COVID theater has to stop. We've been saying this for a year. I cannot believe we are in August of twenty two, with what. We know all the data that's available, all the data from so-called red states, all the data uh, from the CDC, even though they've been woefully slow to to analyze and release and update recommendations. Uh, But this week they come out and say unvaccinated should be treated just like vaccinated. The transmission levels uh, are no different. Basically saying that, okay, if you want to be unvaxxed, and take the risk of COVID, you're you're at no more risk to anybody else. So if you want to take that risk on yourself, go ahead. I mean, that's how it should be too, right? Risk assessment. Why are we still masking children? Philadelphia just said Head Start program, oh, kindergarten, pre-K, three to five-year-olds will be masked all year. It's abuse. And I don't say that lightly. It's absolute abuse. Why are children bearing this responsibility and everyone else, their parents, their teachers, the entire, all of society is out and about at every other event, parties, dinners, restaurants, games, concerts, you name it. And yet kids have to go back to school in September of 22 wearing masks. DC is forcing children to get vaccinated with COVID. And they're being very, you know, so they're lumping it in with all the other vaccinations that you have to have to return to school because there are a myriad of vaccinations you have to have to return. But those vaccinations prevent you from getting the disease. Mumps, rubella, pox, whatever, you know, and others, whatever it is. Yeah, this doesn't. This vaccine this doesn't. doesn't. I know. It so, 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 they're trying to disguise it with the other. Oh, there's a whole bunch. Yeah, COVID being one of them. It's a scam. It's an absolute scam. It's 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 fear mongering. 
it's it's shameful. I, I okay, mean, listen, why? they've been talking about this for way too long. I know two and a half years. I know people years. are sick of it. It's shameful. Why do you think who is running the school district in Philadelphia? How do you think that they're a lot like, you know, one who who's doing this? Like, who is behind this? It's crazy. And then my my second thought is, I think honestly, I think it's either unions or very progressive leaders and Philadelphia's three to five year olds. All of schools in Philadelphia, the first 10 days and then they say they're going to remove it. But the Head Start pre-K programs, daycares, three to five-year-olds but what's have the to point? wear masks. I don't be- do you really think after 10 days they're going to remove it? I-, I think that's – I mean, why would you even I- do 10 know. days? It's so crazy. It doesn't make any sense. To me, it's 10 days and then they – you know, because they always say, oh, well, things are always changing. The science always changing. I think they'll go 10 li- days li- and then they'll continue. And I've said this, and, you know, we joke about it, but liberals – only follow science when it fits their narrative. This doesn't, for whatever reason, whether it's unions, whether it's just their personal beliefs, they're scared. Um, you know, teachers. I, I don't. I can't even explain it anymore. How about like George Washington University, American University, major institutions, Berkeley, oh, have to wear masks in school. I'm not surprised about them though. But what? But. Colleges, Sarah, I'm not surprised. Public Sarah, schools, I'm surprised. But co- you pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to these u- universities, institutions. Yeah, what but, is the thought process? No, there's no but. Because like, they're liberal are, elites. Because that's what you're paying for. When you go to a liberal arts college, when you go to GW, when you're paying $70,000 a year, you know, they, they're in their own bubble. That's what college is about. I expect it from them because they have this no. idealistic, you know, um, utopian way that they want. You know, of course, then once you leave college, you know, you realize, oh, none of that is even normal to the real world. Like, guess what? You can get yelled at at work. Like, I mean, you know, but that's what you pay for you. I mean, well, the, truly, I mean, uh, you know, at colleges, they yeah, tell you yeah, how you shouldn't be yelled at and everybody gets a voice and everyone's opinion matters and all this But crap. at the same time, if you're going to a GW or AU, you know, you're, you're, you're majoring in science or biology or you're going to be a doctor, you would think they'd have to follow the science, right? You would think they'd have to. These kids are partying. The teachers are. The professors are. They're all out and about. And yet they got to go into a building wearing a mask. By the way, like, where's the data? <laughs> like, you know, th- th- these these elite liberals put up these signs on their front lawns. You and I have talked about this. We believe in science. We believe. What? No, you don't. Well, they, they rely on the science like, well, masking still works, you know. And, of course, you know if you have an N95 mask, that's true. Most people don't. I mean, it's a joke, you know, most people. But, you know, it's, I mean, so they kind of can twist the science to what they want. I'm not surprised about colleges. To me, I don't see how we, we just went through a huge social movement, which was much needed in this country. And these schools like Philadelphia, like Washington, D.C., serve a lot of kids of color and I don't understand how people aren't outraged. Like this, if you yeah, talk so to any teacher, we, Fox Five asked Mayor Bowser, uh, you know, depending on what what um, numbers you believe, there's up to forty thousand kids who are not vaxxed. 
So they have like so today they're having like out in DC. So today they're having like outreach and all this stuff to, to try to get. And you know what? You're right, Sarah. It's probably it's mostly under under. underserved you know lower income yeah uh children who uh either their parents don't want them to or how are you gonna kick them out of school like how are we not basically the cdc said unvaxxed and vaxxed are the same yet you're gonna tell a kid they can't go to school unless they get a covid vaccination come on that's embarrassing look i agree how are we not in the streets protesting that here's the other thing and I don't say this lightly. It it makes people question everything else about those leaders' decisions, right? Clearly, they don't have the best interests of children at heart, or or they're not following what they should be doing. But the fact that you know, in August of twenty two, as kids start going back to school, we're still talking about this. It's just it's mind boggling to me. It really is mind boggling. All right. But then speaking of children, yes, we have. Um, Mar-a-Lago situation. <laughs> well, children on which part? Because everybody has a hot take. You know, Republicans feel like he's being targeted. Democrats are calling out the hypocrisy between Trump and all the Hillary Clinton emails. What do you... Um, okay, well, where do you want to start with that? I mean, I guess we... the. You know, we don't know the warrant hasn't been released, like exactly what's in it. Well, the warrant's been released. The affidavit has not been released. Okay, thanks. Thank you. And the DOJ is going to court today to, or already has, to ask a judge to not release the affidavit because they're saying it'll compromise the investigation and has national security implications. The Trump team wants the affidavit released. So it's kind of a reversal in, I mean, even though Trump didn't block the warrant last week of, from being released or, or object, I should say, he technically didn't want it out because he would have released it himself if he wanted it out. He had ample opportunity to release it himself before Merrick Garland went up there and said, we're asking a judge in Florida to release uh, the, the, the warrant and, and the subpoena. So uh, listen, I have a lot of people who disagree with me from a legal standpoint, let the investigation play out. Let's see what they have. They need to do a thorough, detailed investigation. I still believe though, this has to lead to charges. Otherwise, and again, there's people out there saying, oh, he'll be the president. No, I I wouldn't go that far. But I will tell you what, if this turns out to be another, where there's no charges. Okay or doesn't lead to some sort of plea deal where he agrees to not run, assuming there's legit criminal activity, and he would know that when making the plea deal. I I just think it's going to be egg on the face again of the the DOJ, just like they did with Hillary three days before, a week before the election or whatever it was, 10 days. Uh, Russia, Russia, Russia. Like, like you, I think you said last week, he just keeps getting by and I you're that. going to, or no, I, I think he's like something to that effect. Like how does he just keep surviving? Oh, well, okay. Maybe I, I just think, Oh, I kind of feel like he should fold cause they're not going to stop till they, till they get him. So I just think he should turn sure. himself in. And, and I mean, look, they, they, I would think to your point, 
I think they, I mean, come on, these guys are very smart strategists as well. I think they're smart enough to know if there wasn't anything there, they do this. This completely emboldens him to run for president, yeah. right? I think at this point between the January 6 hearings, whatever information Merrick Garland saw to sign off on, the, I mean, I they, they have something. I will um, say this. As it stands today, I think the DOJ and the FBI have handled this very well. Again, based on what we know. Okay, it appears if you believe all the leaks and the sources, which, by the way, when you say, you know, when Merrick Garland gets up there and says, you know, we're going to have transparency, but only very little, you know, we're going to let the investigation speak for itself. We'll, we'll do our talking in court. And then all you have all these leaks all over the place. It doesn't really make the integrity of the DOJ and the FBI seem real solid when there's leak after leak after leak after leak to, to Washington Post and New York Times reporters. But I digress. I think to this point, it seems like they gave a ample opportunity from a subpoena standpoint. They were negotiating. It appears that Trump's lawyers in June signed off on an affidavit of some sort a legal document saying that they've turned over all classified information back, which then it turned out there was either some sort of informant or they got wind of more very sensitive classified information, TS or SCI it's called. Uh, so, so you know, they, they felt they needed to go and get it, which is their right. Why he would hold on to it, who knows? Right. What, what? Yeah. What, what? No one's really talking about that. What's the motive? Well, What's to his sell motive? secrets to the Saudi government. That's well, why. Okay. Well, that, that's a leap. But OK, maybe the, the other you thing, would, too. I, I don't think that's that much of a well, leap. it may not he, be a leap. Right. We know Jared Kushner just started a whatever hedge fund investment firm where he got a two billion dollar investment from Saudi Arabia. Why do you think that was just out of their kindness? They think no, he's listen. that. They're so corrupt. I mean, they're and so. By and the I'm way, not comparing saying... it. So, so here's here's where I stand. I think that'll play out. The Trump investigation plan. What really bothers me even more is how many Republicans, conservatives, more right wing individuals, are trashing the FBI, trashing the DOJ. Some said defund the FBI. I think it was Rand Paul, something to that effect making excuses, comparing it to Hunter Biden, which, by the way, he's not the president. And you know what? You have a, a special uh, prosecutor or, or uh, you have somebody investigating the Hunter Biden, China Biden connection. Let that play out as well. These are the same people who say we support the blue and the funding the police was, you know, terrible. Uh you know, when did the Republican Party become the anti-law enforcement party? Well, because and it I said this last week, their narrative. the Republicans are doing everything they can to screw up the midterms. Everything. They're going to lose the Senate by more. And they may not take the House now. Like, they could not have screwed this up more. Enough with Trump. Turn the page move on. Trump has helped numerous candidates win their primaries that are going to get crushed in the general. 
Okay, they're going to lose more seats, whether it's governors, governorships, or senate senate races because of Trump. Like everyone say, oh, Trump's yeah, yeah, he still has a lot of influence on a primary where only twenty two percent of people vote, and most of those are very right or very left, depending on you know what side of the aisle you're on. But they're not going to win. Dan Cox isn't winning in Maryland. Herschel's probably not going to win. J.D. Vance is probably not going to win. Carrie Lake in, in Arizona is most likely not going to win. Yeah, and then you don't so, know about – I mean, I can't imagine Oz wins, but right. maybe. Oz, so, so what did you accomplish? Nothing. Zero. And, and, and by the way, I think you're losing midterm seats every day that this narrative continues. Like, if you notice, McConnell hasn't said much. Like, I don't understand. At some point, you have to say it's time to move on from Trump. It's absolute time. And then whether that's the Santos fills that void or Christy Nome or uh, Larry Hogan, I doubt it, but too moderate. But let somebody else fill the void now. Enough with this. You know, the guy has changed. Their, the Trump team has changed their story 10 times on this. Oh, I didn't have oh, anything. Know. And then we were negotiating and I could declassify it myself. And oh, blah, blah. like it's just, oh, it's, people yeah, it's just buy this and people buy this. And then they and then they try to change gears. Right. Well, they didn't investigate Hunter. Would they do it? Hillary. Trump caused this problem himself. If he turned everything over or didn't take it in the first place, there would be no potential felony. Right. So. But yet there's 35 percent of people who just continue to buy the crap. You know, and I give like Steve Ducey on Fox and Friends, I give him a lot of credit. You know, say what you want to, you know, he went after Scalise. You know, Scalise was talking about rogue FBI agents and this and that. And like Steve Ducey said to him, what rogue FBI agents? Right. What, when did, and he said, when did the Republican Party become anti-blue? Or anti-law enforcement, because that's the narrative right now. They're not. They just are. They're, you know, they're like hypocrites, like we talk about with, you know, the science of liberals. I I mean, they're all hypocrites. Exactly. Complete, complete, utter hypocrites. They are. And isn't that what's wrong? I mean, look, it's it's, um, election day for Liz Cheney in Wyoming. I mean, you know, and that's Dick Cheney and and Liz, both who she's probably going to lose. You know, that's what she said. This is like such a pivotal moment for our democracy because there that's the thing is there's so much hypocrisy on both sides. And you it's so hard to find somebody like a Liz Cheney anymore that has any dignity. And when you do stand up for the actual truth, you lose. I mean, that's the craziest part is I don't know. But it, it's so it's well, so listen, hard because I think. Know, but 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 in all fairness to Liz Cheney, I applaud her for doing what she did. But the people of Wyoming get to choose. Right. And that's fair and square. So she's going to lose fair and square. That's not really hypocrisy, right? Yeah, but the, people are election deniers there. That's why, I mean, you know, that was one of the states. that's her choice, Trump, right? Yeah, but that's, that's a choice. problem. That's what she's saying. It's a problem in our country how ill-informed, how, I don't know how we got here. I mean, I think it's many things. I don't think you can blame, like, one thing. But, I mean, people in this country truly believe still you know, 30% of the population we talk about that the election was stolen from Trump. I mean, that's what do we do about Americans? And, you know, it's it, when I was in Maine, 
I have a I have an uncle who's in politics and basically he just said, you know, the hardest part is like even educated people, they don't know anything about government. So it's so hard. I don't know how we educate people. I think the election denier stuff from the presidential election is, you know, I think there's just something profoundly wrong in the thought process of those individuals. But completely separate from that, Montgomery County County exec race. They just happened to find a thousand votes like when the day they were supposed to certify this thing. And then they find, you know, like, and again, I'm not saying there was malfeasance or, or anything, but, you know, look, look in your state, they, they went to recall the de- district attorney. They had 715,000 signatures and the county clerk, or I think it's the county clerk, uh, election commission or whoever it was, decertified 27% of the signatures. And maybe legit, but you're like, wait a second. You would never not count 27% of mail-in votes where the signatures are the only thing you need. I'm just saying the narrative creates some. I mean, it is shocking here in L.A. I mean, this is the second attempt. I mean, and given how many signatures they had, and I think they only needed 500 and something thousand. They had 566. They had 715 or so they thought. I mean, it is shocking that and they lowered it to in... like five twenty eight. So there's he's not going to be up for recall. Um, I, I, I know it does. Listen, it... I, I think listen, you want as many people to vote as possible, but I do think it has to get tightened up. Like, I don't think you should be able to canvas people. Like, I don't think I should be able to walk to 40 homes and say, where's your ballot? Check this sign here. Like, I think, you know, I think there should only be so many days, uh, you know, I, I just, to me, have more early voting, open up the polls for a week. I don't know. I, I just think it makes people. Well, it again, does. I'm it not does saying make... there's enough fraud. To, but look at the county executive race in Maryland. 35 votes. I, I, well, I know. I mean. So there will be there will be a manual recount in the county. It's probably not going to change because thirty five votes. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but you know it is. I mean that would that would mean you know they screwed up quite yeah. quite handsomely yeah. by, by moving thirty five votes. So. Uh, just crazy. crazy, crazy times, right? I mean, it is because, um, what does it mean? You know, where, where are we as a country in three more years? You know, like, what does this next election look like? What listen, do we, I, you know, all this is good news for Biden, right? Say what you want, you know, listen, I, and again, I think there's still a lot wrong, but. You know, when when Trump's in the news and the media's all over him and that's what they're focused on. And, uh, you know, when the Liz Cheney's of the world lose today nationally, I think that helps the Dems. So, uh, oh, yeah, the Dems have taken like what a turnaround, huh? I mean, I guess that's what you can't predict in politics. But but his poll numbers, his. So um, his poll numbers, what you dropped out are what? I'm sorry. His poll numbers don't seem to be moving at all, right? So, which which is which is odd. So, um, uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, all right. Well, well, I'm sure we'll come back to some politics, but I did want to talk about the Anne Hache story. Obviously, we, last week she was still alive at the time. The actress um, passed away, 52 or 53 years old. Um, you know, obviously they're not going to bring charges because she passed away. Like. 
totally tragic story. So listen, I said last week, I feel bad she passed. No one, obviously, you know, she clearly had some issues uh, going on, demons, drugs, alcohol, whatever. And you never, you you certainly don't want that. She was young and what, what, what was interesting, not interesting, but what was, you know, equally sad about the story was the impact she did do on that home. And granted, it's a physical structure. No one was hurt or killed, but she could have easily killed somebody. So I do think there was less empathy for her than maybe, you know, if if different circumstances led to what? Like, God forbid she had just overdosed, right? Yeah. I think there would have been a lot more empathy than we saw from the public, Twitter, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, it looks like they kept her alive for like three to four days uh, to um, donate her organs, donate some organs. Yep. Which is which is you know always a good thing. Um, you know, help somebody out. Um, yeah. Listen, it's sad all the way around. It's it's sad all the way around. All the way around. Yeah, because I mean, at one time, just such a huge Hollywood, you know, actress did so many great films that people loved. Um, you know, for whatever that means for listen, people. She was she was she was a great actress. She was in a lot. Yeah. She had some some good roles. Um. Uh, so listen, I feel bad about it. Uh, well, but, but but self self caused. Yeah, and and to your point. I mean, I think every it, it is a funny story people have a lot of empathy with her passing but also i think people are like how how close it could have been that she could have really killed you know many other people so so tragic yeah are you following one other pop culture story are you following at all this alec baldwin the investigation that continues there on the set of Rust? so this is interesting i mean because the fbi essentially found um you know refuting alec baldwin's story that he didn't pull the trigger it's shocking yeah, I mean, look, you know, I guess, you know how I feel about that person. Yes, we do know. <laughs> yes, we do know. And and not to make light of this, because this was another tragic, tragic story. Um, yeah. But it's going to be I'm going to be curious to see if charges against Alec Baldwin. Uh, yeah, come. I'm not sure he's still going to get charged, but he went on, you know, I forget. Was it 60 Minutes or one of Dateline? He was on with George Stephanopoulos. He did an interview. And he said that, like, you know, he let go and it just went off. And so the FBI concluded he had to pull the trigger, you know, pointed the gun, pulled the trigger. Uh, still don't know how live round was in the chamber. Uh, I haven't heard that if the FBI has concluded how it actually got in there, who put it in there. I, I didn't see that. But uh, listen, Alec Baldwin's just, I don't know the man, but. He doesn't seem like he has high integrity and high high. He's not someone I think I could be friends with just based on yeah what? every everything. I mean, but I've always said he's a guy who somehow because of his charm gets away with it, berating his daughter, you know, drunk, yelling at people, yelling at. Well, he's know, had many attacks park, on the paparazzi, uh, 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 valets other issues his wife lying making believe she's spanish or whatever she did or from spain or mallorca or wherever it was uh just yeah 
Anyway. Well, you wonder how, what will happen here? Like, does he survive this? Yes, he seems like a person who's been given a lot of chances, you know, over and over um, in an era where people are, can- you know, quote unquote canceled. So it's it's fascinating to see him. But I'll be curious after, you know, obviously, I, I actually think her name is Hilar- Hilaria, but she calls herself. Hilaria. Yeah, she calls herself Hilaria. Uh, you know, she wasn't. She's oh, no, from think, Massachusetts. Isn't her name Hillary or something? Yeah, it's really Hillary, but <laughs> and she's really from Massachusetts, so yeah. she's not. I mean, she has some Spanish descent, but she was not. She's not like whatever she portrayed herself to be. So, I mean, I'll be curious after this what happens. You know, his basically his attorneys have come out and said that you know the FBI finished and sent a report to the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office this week, um, and officials found that the weapon meant to be a prop could not be fired without pulling the trigger, which meant that obviously Alec Baldwin pulled the trigger. Did they say how the ammo round got in? I don't see. um, I, I didn't see that either. I don't think I've seen that. But obviously he did pull the trigger. They're saying it's misconstrued. It was also ruled an accident, so maybe therefore he won't be charged. Um, it was. Yeah, it, it, He's not going to be charged. It was an accident. I, you know, again, I don't know how a live ammo round gets in there, but um, you know, crazy, crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. So anyway, I just wondered how you felt about that other pop culture story. Um, what else is going on in sports? You were tweeting about the Live Tour again, PGA yeah, so Tour. So what are your the, thoughts? So the PGA top players, Tiger Woods himself is flying in to the BMW Championship, which is in Wilmington, Delaware, this week. It's the second round of the FedEx Cup playoffs. And again, it's not really a playoff. It's it's a self-created exhibition to pay out a lot of money, in my opinion. Uh, to to discuss what to do with the Live Tour, what to do, what the PJ Tour should do. You know, I think it's both sides in terms of what they should do more for the players themselves. Okay. And then what to do about the Live Tour, but um, you know. And what what do you mean by what to do? Obviously, the PGA tour like, do you is try concerned. to suspend. Okay, okay. You try to be more draconian to the to the players that went to live and tell them they can't play in the majors, even though the PGA doesn't control the majors except for the PGA Championship. But that's PGA of America, which I believe is a little different. Uh, listen, I think it has to come to a head. As I've said, I, I I'm not a big fan of how the PGA tour has treated their players over the years i think the phil mickelson's of the world and others have had legit complaints i think what changed the narrative negative was how phil said what he said which was wrong Mm -hmm. but take that out of the equation and i do think there's a lot of real arguments in terms of how they go about not paying their players um how you know the gates, you know, there's there's not a lot of split revenue for the top players who end up coming to a tournament. That's at the end of the day, you go to the TPC of of Hartford or you go to Avalon here in DC, you're not going to see, you know, Brian Harmon. No offense to Brian Harmon, he's a great player. Right. You're but seeing you're just the not. huge names. You're going yeah. to see Phil. You're going to see Rory. You're going to see Justin Thomas. You're going to see Tiger when he was playing. You're going to see, you know, you know, that caliber of of player and personality. 
and to me, they should have got something for that. The TV contracts, there should have been more money spread out. I, I think there should have been minimum salaries. You make the tour, you qualify for the tour, you're guaranteed 150 grand, right? They should have to pay more expenses. What, what, what more prize money? Whatever it is, um, there, there should be, you know, more. Uh, what punitive steps they take against the people who went to live? I don't know. It'll be in, it'll be interesting to see see how that goes. And then right now, real quick, they're playing what's called the FedEx Cup playoffs. Okay, it's three three tournaments. So there's point totals that accumulate through the whole year based on where you finish, how many tournaments you win, and stuff. A lot of criticism it gets because, without getting into the weeds of it, you know, if you win a tournament, you get 500 points. Okay. Okay. But if you win a major, one of the four majors, you only get 600 points. Okay. But you would think a major would be weighted much more, right? I would think, yeah. Right. You would think winning the Masters would count more than 100 points and winning the Hartford Open. And then you get to last week, this past weekend, the first leg of the tournament. uh, And that was worth 2,000 points. So, like, completely changed. So, you're telling me the first leg of a three-tournament playoff is worth Two and a half, or sorry, almost three and a half times a major? Come on. It's all manipulated. And then the last, the third one, which is a week from this weekend in East Lake, right outside of Atlanta, the person who goes in at like number one starts at what's called minus 10. Okay. Then it goes minus eight, minus six. And then they break. It's just, it's, it's just, it's not even a, it's fake. It's like starting the Super Bowl down 14 0. What, what, what real sporting event does that? It's a joke. And then this past weekend, you know, Cam Smith, who won the Open in, 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 uh, at St. Andrews. Okay. Great, great young player. Uh, without, again, without getting in the weeds, there was a questionable. So he had to drop the, went in the water, had to drop the ball. His ball, when I tell you, was like barely touching the red line. Okay. All right. The hazard line. The day after they looked at the video and right before he was ready to tee off, they penalized him two strokes for an illegal drop. By the way, he announced he's going to live tour. Hasn't signed the papers yet because he wants to compete in the FedEx Cup. Then he'll sign the papers. Some question whether they really were just out to get him. Right. And watching every little thing he did for the entire time. So I don't know. I think there's a lot there there. Um, Do you feel like this is affecting viewership overall of the PGA Tour? Do you think the average viewer cares? And is this going to help or hurt? The PGA Tour viewership has been dismal. Okay. Okay. Absolutely dismal. And that's the worry. That's what they have to figure out. As much as like I love Rory, Justin Thomas. You know, um, Spieth and, and and others. When Tiger's not playing, no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, that's exaggerate. I mean, people care. I watch. I watch. But we're this probably weekend. you're probably talking from let's say over a million viewership down to what seven hundred, eight hundred thousand, yeah, well, right? Significantly down. The PJ Tour ratings are significantly down. Um, they have to realign the whole thing. They have to figure this out. They have to 
like, I don't know. They, they have to do something. But, um, you know, I mean, the problem for the Live Tour is, yeah, they're paying a lot of money, but it's not a real thing. It's like it's like an exhibition. You're paying people to play. They really don't care if they win because they've already been paid. I know. They're set, they're already they have these multi- random tournaments like every third week, right? It's only mm. 54 holes. It, it's it's a joke too. Like so, so somehow they have to figure this out. Ooh, that is fascinating because what, yeah, yeah. What is your incentive to watch the Live Tour? That's really good. So uh, the other sports thing is the commanders uh, are doing a poll. They're letting, they're letting, you know, the fans vote on what category their mascot should be. In. Okay. And they came up with four categories to choose from. Dogs. Okay. Historic, historical figures, superhero, or hog. So okay. when you vote, you, then you can't see the percentages. Typical commanders, old organization. Because <laughs> they've probably already made a decision. We know that. And somebody sent it to me. It looks like they're going to announce on the 17th week of this year what their mascot will be for next year. It's also Hog Appreciation Day. Obviously, they're old line used to be called the hogs in the heyday of the former Redskins. Uh, so chances are it's going to be some sort of hog. So there's some picture of it with a, looks like a commander's hat on top, the big teeth. And, and what are your of, thoughts? Do you think the hog and actually, is? I, and listen, I, I, you know, I think if you're going to have a voting thing, you got to tell people how to vote or, or show them the percentages. I actually thought it was a pretty cool looking mascot. I have to oh, say. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. And if it's the one, who knows? They'll do something completely opposite. They'll make it some superhero. You know, like, well, I mean, a superhero yeah. would be kind of cool, but yeah. All right. No, well, that's going to. No, it won't be cool. I'll have some like cape on or something or some like, what are you going to, what dog? Like what dog? Oh, the cape. The dog, the dog. I'm not so such a fan of the hog, or I don't know. Maybe you could do a cool. And no superhero. one wants some boring historical figure like the Nats president. Like who? I'm so sick of the Nats presidential runner. Like it's you're enough. over the races. You're Ugh. over there. Uh, however well, many. By years. the way, it's the only actual thing to see at Nats Park because the team's <laughs> just terrible. You come for the presidential <laughs> races? Oh my god! All uh, right, uh, we got to get out of here. What? Yeah. Where can people follow you? Patrick, GM, Fox 5, DC. All right, Patrick, we'll see you next week. Sarah, I'll see you next week. Okay, bye, Patrick. Bye.